Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Episode 2 of The Mandalorian is up on Disney+. And Aaron and I just watched it. Aaron, welcome back from Tatooine. Is that where we were? We don't know. It's an un- unnamed planet that looks a lot like Tatooine and it has the same types of aliens that live there. Okay. So, what is the likelihood yeah. that uh, Jawas could be a species that have a sand crawler on two separate planets? And I want to see the Apollo program that the Jawas came up with to launch <laughs> the sand crawlers to like other planets. Like those things aren't galactic spaceships. Like I don't know. It's no. So well, my question is. I don't know any of the lore about the Jawas, but is that like their entire society? Do they live in that like that that um, the sand cruiser thing or whatever that thing is? The, the, basically, the sp- the uh, Tatooine motorhome RV motorhome. thing. Yeah, that's their yeah. that's their society. They they just they're very scrappy, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're ve- they live very much by the finders keepers law. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if something is uh, left on its own, um, unsupervised. Uh, it's fair game to them. They'll take it, um, which is uh, how we were introduced to them in the very first Star Wars movie when they took C-3PO and R2-D2. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> those Jawas uh, met to the wrath of the Empire who were looking for the Death Star plans. So did not play great for them. You know, I've never seen the movies, so oh, I guess yeah. I gotta watch those. You're just a t- you most you've only been into the Star Wars TV shows. Yeah, the cartoon. Um, oh, I can't yeah, remember the name Clone of it, Wars. but I watched Love it religiously. Clone Wars, yeah, yeah, Clone Wars. Love it. Clone Wars and the prequels. That's <laughs> uh, that's how I know Star Wars. So, Aaron, Episode Two. I know you loved Episode One as much as I did. I did. Tell me, was Episode Two better or worse than Episode One? I mean, it's. As much as I loved episode one, I'm going to say episode two was better. It was. Absolutely <laughs> it's incredible. was. Yes. It's incredible. So, My only complaint, too short. Yeah. Yeah. It really breezes yeah. by. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that. Just like someone DM'd me on Twitter being like, when are they going to start releasing longer episodes? Like as if I have the answer. I did answer. <laughs> I did. I literally, I was like, I was like December 7th. That's when the long ones, you know, I just, whatever. <laughs> You know, if you think I know the answer and you believe like, I want to provide you something. Um, so, yeah, I just don't want them to get shorter. That's that's my only concern. But like, honestly, I uh, it's it's been weird to calibrate my brain, my expectations with Star Wars stories. It's just I'm still so used to consuming them in these two, two and a half hour chunks. And so it, that was the most jarring thing with the first episode was like it was amazing. But like, I just felt like it was a tease. Like I wanted more. Well, with episode two, we definitely got more. Like in a vacuum, it still felt like a tease at 32 minutes, but combined with episode one, it was really felt like it was getting its bearings, especially in terms of like establishing what's the tone of this? What kind of story are we telling here? Like, what's that? What's the pace? And having this now second thing to look at and compare to the first episode, I am like as bullish as ever on this series. I, I c- could not have loved episode two anymore. And not a ton happens in terms of moving the plot forward. They sprinkle in little things and reveals, and we're going to be going all into that. So if you haven't seen episode two yet, maybe do not proceed uh, further because we're going to spoil it all. But what about this one 
for you made it better than one? Well, I mean, it's like, I think we're going to look back. First of all, I think we're going to look back and see that there were some filler episodes and this is like a filler episode. But my my thoughts are, yeah. you know you're watching something special when it's a filler episode and it's still excellent. Like, that's, that's the way I feel about Breaking Bad. I'm not going to compare this series to Breaking Bad. Sure. But, I mean, we're two episodes in and I am 100% completely hooked. Um, you know, I, coming into the series, I had no expectations. I really had no idea what to expect. Part of me felt like this was going to feel like a little bit of those, uh, the fan films, you know, that people make of Star Wars, sure. where it's just like characters or people dressed up as the characters. And, and you know, it has like a tangential feel to the, uh, being connected to the Star Wars universe. But, you know, it doesn't feel like it's really a part of the whole thing. Where And then this movie or this series drops and it feels like, Whoa! This is this is in the Star Wars universe. This is legitimately part of that that same universe. It's just a different tale, and I love what they're doing with this. I think it's the most excited I've been for the series, um, maybe ever. This is crazy. It's I crazy. I what what I really what I really love about this is like I can see myself if I saw this when I was like a kid, twelve or thirteen years old. This would be my favorite show ever. Oh yeah. This would absolutely. I mean, it's it feels like the action figures came to life and they're playing out exactly what you imagine. So that's what I absolutely love about it. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's funny. Um, Lindsay has not watched the Mandalorian yet. You know, uh, she's not like a well, huge star Wars, you know, fan. And so she was like, you know, probably not, wasn't planning on watching it. However, she caught over my shoulder, a, a scene from this episode two with baby Yoda and she was like, whoa, 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 what is this? What, 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 what do you want? Like, what? And all of a sudden, Lindsay's interested. Um, but I was like showing, showing her some clips of some of the scenes from episode two with Baby Yoda. And she's like cracking up. Uh, and I think she's in. She's going to watch him now. Like that's I don't want to say there's something for everybody. But like um, I, I do feel like this show should absolutely be able to have broad appeal. Like I think it's just I think it's just a really, really fun time. Uh, made all the better by people that are like, you know, well versed in Star Wars. But uh, yeah, so I mean, let's let's talk about the plot points here. What our highlights? We pick up right where we left off with Episode One uh, after the Mando, of which we don't know his name yet. Though uh, Pedro Pascal, the actor that plays the Mandalorian, did say in an interview recently he revealed what the name was. But I'm not going to say. Oh, it. did he really? He sure did. That's fine. I'm not going to reveal it here. We'll just let that play out in the story. If why would he do that? <laughs> I don't know, but I can I can tell you he was the folks at the the story group at Lucasfilm were on his personal cell within thirty seconds of that. I guarantee yeah. you, uh, he had to go out to Lucasfilm headquarters, the Presidio in San Francisco, uh-huh. to receive his lashings. Um, <laughs> they do not take these things lightly. Um, they took I mean, away his Vescar steel uh, <laughs> shoulder piece. <laughs> <laughs> like all right. Chest plates next. Um, no. Uh, so, yeah. Um, it, we pick up. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so we pick up where we left off. That's what I was saying, right? <laughs> um, I, I kind of lost my train of thought. But we have um, Baby Yoda in tow. And we uh, uh, have the Mandalorian. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, he just heads right back to his ship, right? Yeah, well, I think he, that's the whole. Well, uh, he has an he has an encounter first, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And that's that's in, you know in the Facebook live here you'll see in that photo 
these are Bosque-esque um, bounty hunters. So I don't know if you're familiar. Bosque yeah. is one of the – just like IG-88 from Empire Strikes Back in that scene. One mm-hmm. of the other uh, bounty hunters was Bosque. In fact, I actually have a Bosque action figure um, just to my left. Um, and so Bosque is similar to IG-88. We'd only ever seen really one of them. And so here was another opportunity for Favreau and company to be like, well, you remember Bosque? Remember that? You know, whatever that species is? Well, here's a whole bunch more of them. You'll recognize these ones. And so he's he's kind of ambushed um, as they try to steal baby Yoda. So um, at this point, I mean, what is your theory on the, like, is it just the bounty? Or, like, why are these, what's all the hubbub with baby Yoda? Like, what's... It's it's a great question. I think that he he perceives that there's something special about this uh, this particular bounty uh, because of all the peripheral stuff, you know, having to be off book and all this stuff, and then um, because of the the amount of um, guards that were that were around the baby, the package, if you will, mm. um, and now as they're traveling along, he understands like this is this is something that's really massive. And uh, because, you know, once he fights these guys off, he actually sees there's a tracker, right? That's one of the things. Uh, they had a tracker following him now, I guess. Yes. Um, so now there's a bounty on his head. And uh, But that scene specifically, like, when I talk about, like, the action figures coming mm-hmm. to life, that one photo, totally. like, totally. Absolutely. It totally feels like, you know, I'm a little I'm 12 years old, and I have these action figures of Star Wars, and now they're coming to life on the screen. And this is why I say, like, if I was a kid watching this, it would be my favorite show ever. Sure. Um yeah, I mean, because this is like your wildest dreams, um, your wildest imagination. There you go, exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it's. Uh, I think the Mandalorian is um, understanding now that he's in really deep, and uh, what whatever this baby is or isn't, um, it's it's probably more than he bargained for mm. taking on this deal, and so. And I think that he understands that uh, as long as he keeps this thing alive, um, then he's uh, can get out of this potentially. Otherwise, um, if this baby dies, then he's dead. Well, yeah. So and and he, I mean, we we yeah. got the we got the sense from the Werner Herzog scene that there's a reason why there this wasn't a traditional bounty setup, whatever the puck uh, system is. Yeah, you know, yeah. They really want to keep yeah. this under the radar. Um, and I think the obvious first question is is does he have the force like yoda but yoda you know you could have the force no matter what species you are so just because he's the same species as yoda doesn't automatically mean he has the force but of course there's that suspicion if that's part of the reason but more specifically what force powers with it you know if these in former imperial officers like werner herzog are really wanting they want to they, there's got to be a specific ability or power that they're wanting to either weaponize or utilize in some way right I think we they start to hint towards what that is in this episode. They do not explicitly do it, mm-hmm. but and we'll talk about that once we get here to that scene as we talk through this chronologically. Um, but it's just a theory at this point. Um, but anyway, right. I, well, we actually get a we get a taste right right off the bat because after that battle mm. with those uh, lizard people, he takes some damage. He takes a hit. Oh, is that and he, is that the, sliced so up the fire, when they're at the fire? Is that right after that? Okay. Yeah, I was thinking that was right after, after the jaw was, but you're right. So the next scene is. Uh, kind of at night, right? Is it? Yeah. Am I understanding this correctly? That's right. So after, yeah. So after he gets in that uh, the little mini battle with a couple uh, bounty hunters, um, mm-hmm. he gets he gets the upper hand on them. He he, uh, I think he 
blows one up or something. And then uh, he keeps traveling back. He's taking the Yoda back to his spaceship so he yes. can get the heck out of there. And um, is he controlling it, this, this, this like floating crib, by the way, or is the Yoda thing controlling? Yeah, I don't know. I think there's some sort of magnet or something. Okay. It's trailing him like a okay, some sort of I don't know magnetic force. Yes. Um, but yeah, he's he's licking his wounds and he's repairing his shields. Yeah. And the baby sees that he's taken like serious damage on his arm, and he reaches out. Yep. And it looks like he's trying to do something. He tries magical. twice. He tries twice. Yeah. To, he gets out of the crib. He gives up, you know, he really works for this. Gets up there and he he takes him back. He comes out again and he's reaching out. <laughs> it's clear he's trying to do something. The fact he doesn't let him is really, is kind of mind boggling. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's trying to heal him. He clearly has healing powers. Right. You think, exactly. You think it's the force heal, right? Have we uh, seen force healing in Star Wars yet up to this point? No, I think uh, the only reason I know force healing is from the video games. So <laughs> I don't, yeah. Mm. I don't think it's been introduced in the movies. Oh, okay. See, I only know force healing from my wacky aunt who believes all sorts of crazy things. Um, and Snake handling. Her own and, uh, <laughs> she, she says force, force healing. Force yeah. healing is very real. Um, but yeah, so he's trying to reach out and help him clean his wounds, and he picks him up. By the way, can we just say Baby Yoda, the practical effect? Oh, man. Brilliant touch. It looks so good. Like, it just yeah. works so well. Uh, you know, you got to supplement it with CGI a little bit here and there, and that's that's how CGI is meant to be used. But I'm just gr- like, as good as Golem was in Lord of the Rings, I'm just grateful that it's not that. You know, yeah. I just think it's right. so much with this baby. I mean, we have it's Papa Yoda again. Yeah, and it's uh, even cuter. Than the well, do you remember? Time. I mean, in Phantom Menace, you know, George Lucas has always been so pro as much CGI as possible that I'm sure against everyone else's concerns, he went with the fully CGI Yoda. Uh, embarrassing i mean it's it's one of the low points of the prequels it's terrible well what's nuts is it was a puppet so no the phantom menace yes was first a puppet yoda oh okay first yes you're theatrical version. right you're, in you're attack of the clones right. is when he had to go full cgi yep. because he needed to That's for some reason we needed yoda to do like two dozen freaking backflips to lose a lightsaber fight against a lesser opponent. Not a great look for my man Yoda. <laughs> okay. Do you remember the first time when you watched that movie? Yeah. Do you remember the crowd reaction when that happened? Oh, I absolutely do. Very vividly. Yeah. And look, I'm ashamed. My to theater to say yeah, I, it went off. Yeah, like, I was I was also the age where it kind of worked. Like Yeah. I mean, like I was just right there where I was like like deep down I knew like something was amiss. Something uh, um <laughs> Like this might not age well, well, but there was this element of surprise of like, oh, we're so used to this old, you know, walking with a cane and Dago by Yoda. Absolutely, to see him actually battle was just the idea that thought is so cool. But like, when you step back and really consider the execution, even the scene in which it's happening, the purpose, like this is the moment that we reveal that this like old eight hundred, you know, decrepit old, you know, that he can actually right. uh, do the, all these cool physical tricks. Like, he's a hell of a gymnast, right? I mean, like. That's right, really what it was. Right, it's right. just we needed a fighter in that moment because Count Dooku was like, okay, you know, he, he lived to see another day in another movie, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but anyway, I digress. Uh, but anyway, it, yeah, so Phantom Menace was Puppet Yoda, and, and he went back and changed it to uh, CGI Yoda so it could look more like the Yoda in Attack of the Clones and the Phantom Menace, and yada, yada. So anyway, um, 
I'm gonna tell you right now, Baby Yoda. I've only been uh, I've only been with Baby Yoda for one full episode and and a little bit of the last episode, and he's already my favorite Yoda. <laughs> he's way better. He's way better. But actually, I kind of like senile Yoda. Like that's the one that I like when he's like complete when he's in the swamp first yeah. gets introduced to Luke, yeah. and he's just like he's out of his mind. Out that's of his the mind. one that I like. He's out yeah. of his mind. People think that he was doing a bit to like. You know, challenge Luke's expectations of what? It, no, that dude. No, nah, he was gone. He's gone. He was gone. He's completely gone. Yeah. he's Dion Waiters on the gummy. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> Yoda wouldn't reveal who on the Jedi Council gave him the gummies, but he was given no, gummies. Oh, never. <laughs> Yoda's no snitch. <laughs> this is what I'll say though about Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda would have saw Order sixty six coming from a mile away. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's no way he's letting all of his friends in council get slaughtered by clones. Like, there's no way that's happening with Baby Yoda. No way. So, yes, already my favorite Yoda. Everything with him is incredible. But what's funny is is the episode hasn't even peaked at this point. And we get this adorable and, you know, incredible Yoda stuff. But the next morning when Mando finally gets back to his ship, Aaron, I couldn't believe the scene that unfolded. Um he comes across his ship that's being just in the final stages of being totally ravaged by Jawas who have basically uh, they pulled up in their sand crawler chop shop. You know, they have taken every part of like valuable piece of the ship metal, everything inside, broken it down for parts. I mean, this is the whole bit. This is what Jawas do. We this know, is this is prime Jawas. Exactly. You know, this is what they do. And this was a good get, by the way. Like, you yeah. see that barren wasteland. The Jawa, imagine the Jawa that's driving the sand crawler. He's got the morning shift, you know, and he turns and the three suns are rising, you know, and then he sees this super shiny silver ship in the middle of nowhere with nothing around, and he's just like, boys, <laughs> let's eat. <laughs> We're feasting tonight. <laughs> um, I mean, I just can't imagine. Houdini! He was so excited. <laughs> uh, hey, we got one of those in this episode. sure did. I was, ho- I was so grateful, no, too. No. You got to have it. You got to have it. Um, the thing about I, – I was seriously thrilled to see Jawas um, because I have – all my time spent with Jawas is contained to A New Hope. Everything in the first, you know, court, like first act of that film. Of course, they their, their demise was at the hands of stormtroopers that were looking for R2 who had the plans of the Death Star. And so it, they got a raw deal. Um, but, you know, as a kid, even into adulthood, you wonder a lot about the Jawas. Like, what's it like under that hood? You just see these two little beady light eyes. What do they eat? What do they do? They just right. like scavenge all day long. And, you know, a lot of these answers I'll, or a lot of these questions I'll never get answers to. But just getting more time with the Jawas was weirdly exciting. Um, I will say more more exciting for me than the Mandalorian himself. Um, he was less less bullish on spending more time with the Jawas. Uh, did you see this scene coming as it was unfolding? Like how surprised were you about what happened? Uh, I was completely taken uh, by surprise. It was amazing. I think what was great about it is, you know, we hear that these Jawas are dangerous and you should avoid them, but we never really see it. Like we see that they're, you know, they're scavengers, obviously, but in this scene, I mean, first he, he picks a couple off. So um, immediately fires upon them. I mean, I just, yes, I can't exactly. o- overstate this. He sees what's happening. He processes it very quickly. And without warning, he just starts toasting these dudes, disintegrating the Jawas, just like one after the other. I mean, just. Oh, yeah. 
goes straight to murder. Um, but you know well, what? I mean, they're they're picking apart his they're ship. Picking That's apart his ship, you and you have no way back. Like, yes, I get it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's totally screwed. Um, but what I absolutely love about the scene is when he tries to get, like, when he tries to board their sand crawler thing. These guys fight back, and they're tough. Oh man, like, he's there. I love it. He's having I a love hard time. Their resilience. I loved everything yes. about this, Aaron. <laughs> it's this. amazing. Like this is so far. This is what I appreciate most about this series is the Mandalorian is not like he is not impervious. He's not like the greatest fighter in the world. Sure. He's he's kind of like not that good at, at his job. To no, be his reputation honest. that precedes him might not be un- yeah. very. It might be unearned. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. He's made, which is great. Yeah. I think it's it's better that way. Yeah, he's made a few misjudgments, uh, and in this episode especially. Oh, yeah. um, yes, I would. There was a negotiation that takes place eventually with the Jawas. I think the Jawas got the better part of that negotiation. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but like the Jawa thing is really incredible to me because seeing a Jawa disintegrate was like I had a, I paused my I was watching. First off, I was it's great. I, I, I'm embarrassed to admit I was watching it on my phone. It was late at night that you know I hadn't gone to bed yet, so I was like, oh, I'll start to watch the you know episode two. I'm watching it, and the second the first Jawa just poofs into just nothing to dust, I was like, whoa! Oh, I paused it and I went out to the TV, turned fired up the Apple TV, pulled up the uh, the Disney Plus app. I'm like, this is getting the big screen treatment because I'm not exactly I'm not like, I gotta to witness, see that on the 70. I'm not gonna witness my first Jawa slaughter on a phone. Like what? <laughs> I want this in 4K, baby. Um, but the, so I'm watching it really in disbelief. Um, and he goes after them. He's climbing on the side of that thing. They're jumping through, like you said, through the windows. They're throwing all sorts of stuff at him. He's pulling them out of a window and just throwing yeah. them to their death, just one yeah. after the other. And and it's really and they don't incredible. stop coming. And he gets yeah. he gets to the top. He tosses another one, and then they're all huddled there. Which I'm glad they did this because, like, you know, there's a you got to suspend disbelief to some extent. But like, of course they have weapons. Like, at what point are right. they really going to like? There's they have the numbers. Uh, obviously, the Mando has armor and his own, you know very powerful weapons. But like, they should be able to dispatch this like pretty simply. And they do once he gets to the top. They're all huddled there. They all right. got these like little electric kind of like tase guns pointed at him, and they just blast him right off the top of the ship. And that was it. They kept going. You know, I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, exactly. that's good. He didn't have his hero's moment there. Like, that's how that should have ended. Like, no, exactly. And, and like, you, you think they could go for the Indiana Jones type of thing where he gets the upper hand on these guys and something happens and and he defeats these 12 Jawas that are just staring him down. But no, they just shoot him. They just shoot him and knock him off the uh, off the top of the thing, incredible. off the sand crawler. And he's so defeated. It's, it's uh, yes, absolutely. He was beaten. Yeah. He was beaten in that moment. It, that he had so. to go back to Nick Nolte's Ugnot character. The you know, yeah. uh, like I felt, I thought he was when he when he approaches him and he comes back. I thought the Nick Nolte character was gonna be like, "Uh, I said I had spoken. We're done, <laughs> finished. <laughs> Did not want to talk to you again." No, uh, this character proves to be ever resourceful and friendly and and useful to the Mandalorian. Um, he, he has a soft spot for the Mandalorian and the Jawas apparently. And the Jawas, he exactly. was just like, "Hey, the Jawas aren't so bad, man." And you know. Yeah. Like, let me broker peace, you know. Uh, right. He's Switzerland yes. is what he is. Yes, he's Switzerland. And Switzerland's yeah. great. And so uh, so he takes him to the to the Jawas. The Jawas are, like, not wanting any part of it, you know. And he's like, hold on. Let's negotiate. And I love the Jawas' approach because the Mando starts, you know, he's, 
He took a couple semesters of Jawa in, in Mando school, uh, back in Mandalore, and he he tries his Jawa out on him. And this is the first time we've I think we've had subtitles with Jawas, right? I, I, yeah, I don't think we've ever known what I they were so. saying. I mean, it's just like gibberish. Which, real quick side note, I listened to Jawa Jawas from A New Hope, just like an audio track, not with the video, and I realized that they were. They were the first minions. That's actually where minions. I, I couldn't believe. I was like listening with Lindsay. She's like, they sound like minions. I'm like, this is where they got it from. They, they literally sound like minions, uh, which is yeah. crazy. But anyway, so we see the subtitles in this episode and they say, your Jawa is terrible. You sound like a Wookiee. I mean, they just go right for the insult. <laughs> and then he tries to use his glove flamethrower, which very ineffective. Yeah. They just ducked it. Like, OK, all right. <laughs> Thank you. Like I wanted to see a Jabba to put a, like a cigarette up and just like light it with the you know. <laughs> well, I mean the Mandalorian, he's looking like a street magician with it the really flames is. coming it's out like, of his yeah, sleeves. Yeah, it really, I mean, it's looking like that. It's like, hold on, hold on, just give me a second. <laughs> just watch me levitate. <laughs> Don't move. You got to stand right back there. <laughs> oh gosh, um, but yeah. So they negotiate. The Jabba's negotiate. He's I won't negotiate the, those. Uh, those are parts of my ship, and the Jabba's are laughing. They're like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, then don't leave your ship unmanned, you know, um, and so <laughs> Fighters keepers. I love this because they're like, you have to go get this egg, this magical egg in this like really uh, seedy looking cave. Uh, definitely not one I would go splunking in say that much. Oh, no. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and he's like, OK. And I'm thinking like, I don't know, maybe cons- is there an option B, C, something like are you really just going to go with this like the first like life like there's definitely a creature in there that could definitely kill you like maybe see if they're willing to negotiate something else like you honestly probably could have given them like your your knee pad and you would have been like just the non biscar knee you know like the yeah exactly so that's what they asked for right at first was that which is great i love that i love they come in first the you know the the holy mandalore material they start there i love it jawas are the best also by the way uh those those jawas negotiating um weren't really grieving for their like seven to ten recently fallen comrades like they lost oh, no. so many people and they're still thrown on wookie jokes and they're willing to negotiate it's like they don't care yeah yeah J- like jawas dgaf they just don't care well, i mean well they had this idea that they could get that egg and as long as they get oh, that they egg that they don't egg. really care so what were you thinking about the egg? Have to like, die. what did you did you have any like did you consider why they wanted I- it so I thought the egg was going to be some sort of either technology or like a crystal or something, mm. something they could power their vehicle with or, or a lightsaber or something. Yeah. I, I think the, the one downside to watching the trailers to the Mandalorian series is I, I knew that there was going to be some big creature. There's a scene where this, a creature is charging the Mandalorian in the mud outside of a cave. So once he enters the cave, I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. I know that there's going to be, not that it was like, that hard to figure out in the first place, but I knew that there was going to be this unicorn rhinoceros hybrid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, uh, I always love it's the eye, by the way, the eye of the beast is the thing that like is the reveal, like the, you know, it's like he's looking across the wall and all of a sudden you see this huge eyeball open up. It's, it's, it always seems to yeah. be that, but, it, but I think notably to your point earlier, the Mandalorian just gets completely just taken care of by this thing. Like he didn't, it just oh, completely he gets, he smacked, gets ravaged for like, sure. Nothing yeah. he's doing is working. I mean, the dude was going to die. 
Uh, yeah, so, which is a great scene because I think we're, we're starting to understand that he is not a master tactician. Mm-hmm. He just kind of goes headfirst into any situation and tries to blast his way through it. Which is when you don't have the skills that he do, or a great bounty hunter does. I mean, uh, you get taken by the Jawas. I think that's yeah, <laughs> that's the lesson he probably learned in this one. Yep. So. So um, yeah, so he goes head first in this cave yeah. against this giant rhino beast, and uh, yeah, it eats his lunch. It yeah, just throwing him around, and he is struggling. He's getting up. He's stumbling. Yeah. He finally pulls out this knife in this way that was like really kind of like his last stand. Kind of like I can yes. barely stand up. I'm probably multiple broken bones and ribs. You know, I'm just like barely put together. But like I'm just like it was in a very much like a honor type of way like at least I'll go out you know trying but like he'd kind of given up and this is when uh, baby Yoda uh, who's by the way just been tagging along for this whole thing being like all right you know I guess I'm along for the ride but he intervenes he puts his little hand up he stops the the rhino unicorn and again practically Yoda is great in this clip we're, we're watching awesome. it and That's he lifts so his hands up a very very familiar look it's the look of a Jedi uh, that's using the force, right? I mean, obviously he's not a Jedi, I think. I don't think. Um, <laughs> and uh, he basically stops the thing in midair and gives the Mandalorian like a few seconds. Um, I will say it was unclear to me how the Mandalorian got a one-hit kill uh, after it dropped. Like, did you see what happened? That's what I was I was asking myself the same question, I, and I believe the way that I rationalized it in my head he had some sort of poison dagger, is what uh, I'm thinking. So I'm thinking he had some sort of, is either a poison dagger or a dagger that was like incredibly sharp. And well, it, it's it just, just like a quick perfect. little hit on the side of his head, and then it dropped. And I'm like, what? Like that was yeah, not hard. Yeah. So that's why I think it was like a, either like an enchanted dagger, or I don't know what they call it in Star Wars. Yeah, I don't. Basically, it's not that. Poison dagger. It's not enchanted. <laughs> enchanted I think that's Lord of the Rings. Oh um. He yeah. has an elf dagger that he stabbed it with. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we see, we see Baby Yoda do it. But you know what's great? What's interesting here is he's he passes out. It was like basically yeah. all he could muster from an energy standpoint, which is reminiscent of Luke at the end of the Last Jedi, who was doing this force power that's really uncommon and really t- requires a lot, and in fact, essentially killed him. Um, and so it's, it's I, I felt it was kind of akin to that. Like, obviously, even though he's 50 years old, Baby Yoda is, it's still very young for that species. Um, and just like he, his little frame can only do so much. The force can only, you know, only so much of the force can go through him. And that was oh, yeah. just enough in that moment, uh, which is interesting because clearly Baby Yoda cares about the Mandalorian. Uh, yes, and he does. He, he has an instant connection with the Mandalorian. Yes, yes. Uh, side, quick sidebar. Um, does Baby Yoda wear diapers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to actually. The Mando does not strike me as the diaper changing type. Uh, I mean, I could see a very funny scene where he is, where he has to change Baby Yoda. You know what's interesting is that in could be three. in this show, and it would fit. It, it really would. I, I, there's a way of doing it. I think. I mean, it would be silly. Yeah. It really would be, but I think they could get away with it. Um, it might make some people on the internet angry. Oh. <laughs> Well, I mean, you f- we forgot to mention that Baby Yoda eats a frog in this. Oh, yes. That's, that was a great scene. Yeah. People love that scene. Yeah. I've seen that a lot on Twitter. Yes. The, the people are like, this was, you know, they thought it was adorable. 
you know, like a child who's put something in their mouth that they're not supposed to. And they're like, okay, spit it out. Except this is an enormous frog and he swallows the whole thing whole. And it was, he was hungry. <laughs> it was a reminder that's like the Mandalorian's not really taking care of this child. Like, he, oh, you know, no. and I, I guess that's, that's the food thing, but you bring up a good point on the diaper front. I don't know. But if he can force move his feces away from the crib area, like he forced moved yeah. that rhino, it's probably fine. It's probably fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really know exactly how this species works. That's why I'm hoping John Favreau answers these types of questions with this show. Um, so <laughs> we defeat the unit. He goes back in. He gets the egg for the Jawas. Okay. Goes back to the Jawas. He gives it to the egg or g- gives the egg to the Jawas. And what do they use it for? Just like afternoon snack time. This thing. Who knows what powers they could actually have. But they're just looking for an oversized Cadbury cream egg. Um, and uh, here's the clip here, too. Great slicing skills by this guy. And Beautiful uh, stuff. Again, they're thrilled with the egg. I mean, it's as if they're like t- dozens of their friends didn't just die horrifically when disintegrating blasts yeah. and being thrown off Santa Claus. They're thrilled. And I love how the Mando, the Mando's shaking his head disapprovingly there. Did you see that? Like, what, what's, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, what's it his business? See, he fulfilled the end of the deal. They can do whatever they want with the egg. If they want to eat it, they can eat it. Like, is he disgusted? Well, I mean, he almost, yeah. he almost uh, lost his life for that. Uh, that was his choice. Egg. He negotiated that. Cheese in the, in he that negotiated egg. that deal. That was uh, that's on him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, anyway, so they eat the egg, and then am I missing any other things? Broad strokes. I mean, it's funny saying it out loud. There's not a lot of like big things that happen in this. No, it, exactly, and I think you're right about that. And I think. Um, we understand the format of the series now is basically every episode he has like one task to complete mm-hmm. and then that's the end of the episode. He has one task but I think and then some, there's a wrinkle, like something that's Jawas yes, that gets exactly. thrown in there or a, a, battle, a bounty droid like IG or whatever it might exactly. be. Exactly. Yeah. So the whole purpose of this episode was really to establish that Baby Yoda has the force, that's uh, right. the power of, yeah. the, of the force. So, I mean, that's right. that's basically all we're leading up to and we do get introduced to that and uh, – and we also established that they have a connection. So they do have a connection. Mission accomplished. Great episode. So the w- what closes out this episode is you know words of wisdom from Nick Nolte's Ugnot, who I get the sense we're not going to see him again. Um, they had a, a pre- what felt, very unfortunate felt like a farewell, like a pretty definitive farewell. But do you recall yeah. the exact verb, like what he said to him about the baby Yoda? Um, something about I hope you have luck returning your their thing for the bounty or something to that effect like basically was am i misremembering but he said something to the effect of like you know um like you know i wish you luck fulfilling the bounty or return whatever it might have been but he said it in a way that's yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. i know that you're not actually going to take this baby like this thing back to the werner herzog character right and that's also right exactly be, there's going to be a lot of heat on you and this is you're going to have a heck of a time and things are going to start to unravel and if i were to take a guess of where the story goes it's that right Right. And also, we, we know uh, uh, the Mandalorian offers him a, a part of the bounty because oh, yes. he saved his life. And he rejects it because he knows that he's not going to turn that thing in. So That's right. That's right. Yeah. So he says, no, I don't. Uh, nah, he just wanted peace. Uh, only in it for I did peace. A, he just wants he exi- peace. Yeah, that's it. Good guy. It, that's it. No, no bad qualities guy. of that character. A man of few words. That we know of. Well, who... Um, we don't know how he treats those uh, those armless beasts. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, that planet's PETA probably has him on there, number one on there. 
on their crap list. <laughs> uh, so, all right, the sh- the episode ends with him getting in a ship. Oh yeah, the the ship was rebuilt. Also, once again, to the rescue, the Ugnot played by Nick Nolte, very quick, very crafty. Again. Yeah, doesn't he? Uh, am I misremembering, or, or does he invite him along? Does he say like, "Yeah, you want to come with?" Yeah, me he or does. Something like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and why not? At that point, to the Mandalorian, it's like this guy's proved incredibly useful. Like, maybe we keep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I like that the guy, the guy doesn't go. He's like, nah, this is. You know, he's like, I've seen you try and go after a sand crawler. Like, I don't, I don't love my odds with you. Um, yeah, and I think that that format is like obviously this is very much playing on the old westerns of like Clint Eastwood yes. and, and even like the sam, samurai stuff which were yeah. uh, the westerns the American westerns were based off of the Japanese samurai stories so it's perfect like this guy just meets him and he's kind of like enchanted in a way to bring that back um, but he's he's kind of like this special like uh, guidepost and he's also someone that teaches him along the way um, but that's it like he's done with him now so he moves on yeah so well, I expect episode three is going to, a lot is going to happen. Like, so, like crap is going to have to hit the fan. Some, I mean, there are still major characters and actors that we know are cast in this that have been on the publicity tour that have yet to appear. Giancarlo Esposito, clearly in the promos, he plays a bad guy that of the Werner Herzog type, like a former Imperial officer type. Uh, Gina Carano. Yeah, he has, he has a, uh, a space chicken a franchise. He does. Yes. Yep. That's right. It, it's uh, uh, <laughs> I was going to try and uh, make up a funny uh, version of El Pollo Loco. Uh, or lo, no, Los, Herma- <laughs> or, uh, was it? Los Pollos Hermanos. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that what it is? Right, right. Which one is it? It is. One of those is real and one of those is from Breaking Bad, but I don't remember. <laughs> it's been so long, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> both could be real. No, uh, so Giancarlo Esposito is not, not, not here. Uh, Gina Carano, lit- top build, like one of the main cast. Uh, only eight episodes in the first two. She's not in it, so only six left. We're quarter of the way done. Like, like I keep saying, I love the pace. I actually love what they're doing. But you know, they are gonna have to pick it up a little bit uh, to you know get this this plot moving. But at the same time, I would be fine if it actually was just like episode two. And I know it won't be, but like I would love like a Star Wars show that just took its time in every episode. I, I really. I mean, there right. are people you, who disagree. Ever, I mean, I'm sorry, but in the comments, coming in with some heat. Sure. Jeff Moraine. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, um, Jeff works uh, on production on the TV show Yellowstone, uh, made by uh, filmmaker. Uh, Ta- Taylor, uh, what's his name? Sheridan. Yeah. Yes, yes. Taylor Sheridan. Uh, so he's uh, he works with Taylor Sheridan in Yellowstone. And uh, he comes in hot here. So, quote, so disappointed with Lucasfilm's use of $100 million with barely over an hour of content over two episodes. Jeff is pissed. He wants a $100 million TV show, and they've given him a 36-minute episode and a 32-minute episode with a budget no more than two and a half mil. He wants to Well, know. they spent all that money on uh, the Yoda puppet. It's honestly, and that egg filling. Pract- yes, that egg filling was super expensive. It's organic, yeah. cage-free stuff. But look, Jeff, I'm here to tell you, just uh, be not dismayed. Even though maybe they've only spent like $2 million-ish dollars so far, I have it on good authority that the eighth and final episode, they spent about like $85 million of the $100 million, just on that one, just on that one episode. So 
the, you will see the money. You will see the $100 million. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, also a reminder that quality does not is not uh, totally equivalent to length. So um, I do not want them making 60-minute episodes of The Mandalorian if they only have 32 minutes of great stuff, right? Make it as long as you need to. That's what the beauty of the streaming era. Things can be longer than they would normally be or shorter. Uh, so far, I actually think they've been perfect. It's just been these perfect, slightly bigger than bite-sized um, kind of like pieces of storytelling that have, you know, clearly I've been surprised, delighted, and uh, just really enjoying it. I'm enjoying this ride just very much. I love it. Oh, we're two for two on this series. And oh, I yeah. think uh, we have we have John Favreau to thank for that. So, Jeff, just one final word here, and not to make this personal, but maybe don't cast stones about how uh, TV shows use their huge budgets with uh, little to show of results. Um, <laughs> I watched season one of Yellowstone, and I know that was very expensive, but sure didn't feel like it, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, get your own house in order before you come come over to Lucasfilm <laughs> and Kathleen Kennedy pointing fingers. I- I'm kidding, Jeff. Uh, I, we appreciate your work and your service on that show. It's a great show. Um, okay. So, anything else about episode? Well, how about predictions for episode yeah, three? Yeah, that's what I want to feel into next. But, like, any other plot points on episode two that are worth hitting? Any other big mm-hmm. things I'm missing? And I feel like I'm probably... No, I think, we, I think we hit it all. So, episode three. What happens, Aaron? Episode three. Uh, Mando gets back into space. And he gets intercepted along the way mm. by another bounty hunter, mm. played by Gina Carano. Oh, you think that's how she? Oh, I'm calling it now. She's a bounty hunter um, who tries to steal. No, no, no. Okay, I'm okay. calling this now. So she's a bounty hunter. Does not. Um, t- she hides that fact, and she tries to cozy up and make Mando fall in love with her. So she can steal Baby Yoda when he's not oh, like a red attention. sparrow type of, you know. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> She's gonna play on his. Uh, sure. He's lonely. His, um, exactly. His he's 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 in outer space. He's never had a girlfriend before, um, and now someone is a female is paying attention to him. So she's gonna play on that and Ooh, steal that baby. I love it. I love the idea also of being intercepted by another bounty hunter because. You know, he thought he was the only one on this gig. Obviously, that wasn't the case when he runs into IG-11. And there's no way if IG-11 also got it that IG-11 was the only other one, right? I bet there are many bounty hunters out there that want this Baby Yoda. And so oh yeah, I don't think that he's going to have a smooth flight um, back to the, the planet where he had started. But honestly... I don't think it's going out on a limb to say that he's not turning Baby Yoda over, even if there was a smooth fight. He's just not handing it over Werner's Wurzak, like Werner uh, Herzog, not without German accent. He's not. There's no way. Oh no! You do not hand babies over to people with German accents. Do not do it. Not do if they worked for oppressive regimes. Don't do it. Do not hand them babies. He's not going to do it. Um. So. Oh, plus that bad scientist guy that uh, burst into the room when they're having that meeting. I don't trust that guy. Uh, yeah, I would love to know a little bit more about the experiments he's running and why he needs the baby Yoda. So did you look into any of the um, the Easter egg stuff from that first episode? Um, no. Was there okay. major things we missed? I'm sure. I usually don't 
yeah, I usually don't look into this stuff, but I happen to, upon a video and someone found out or someone established that um, that mad scientist guy has a patch on his arm that is the exact same patch that the clones wear in um, uh, in uh, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> in the Attack of the Clones, um, there is that someone is wearing that patch and it's the same patch that that scientist is wearing. So he has some sort of connection to the clone farms. Well, I think that it makes sense why he wanted it alive. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Now, the, the only bummer about that, to be totally honest with you, is like any connection like that to the prequels is a kind of somewhat tacit acknowledgement that they're that the prequels are canon. And I just can't have that. I, I love to pretend like the prequels <laughs> are just like some kind of dream theater about a retelling mm-hmm. of the past, but not the actual events type of that's right, how I've chosen right. to process the the disaster that are the prequels. Uh, Except for the pod race. Oh, oh Sebulba. Oh, I know. Yes. Yeah. We acknowledge the pod race. Yeah. Pod racing is we got to bring it back. That should I would love to see Mando maybe like in his free time. He's got. He's he's fixing up a an old pod you know pod racer, he's doing some some illegal street racing, something that would be fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, any yeah, especially with Attack of the Clones, which is of the prequels, just obvious uh, the obvious worst one. But like the fact that, it, that we're having patches from Attack of the Clones, it's like okay. Um, but uh, of course, some eagle-eyed Star Wars fan is going to catch those details. I think they're, these episodes are littered with them, especially these ones that yeah. are directed by Dave Filoni. He's kind of like the god of canon in at Lucasfilm. He's the guy that worked hand in hand with George Lucas on the Clone Wars animated series, and he's the one that Kathleen Kennedy says she goes to for every single type of story question. They run everything through Dave, and so he directed um, the animated both the animated series Rebels and Clone Wars, and. These um, two episodes of The Mandalorian are his first two live-action directorial kind of projects. Um, and I think – I know he's directing two episodes this season. It was this these first two, right? Was he the director of this episode? I know he was the first one. He, uh, actually, I don't think he was. He may, I think I, that it was somebody else. Okay. So I'm going to pull this I up. I could be wrong. But he's doing two episodes. It might be another one uh, later. Different one. It, it's um, Rick – Famu Yiwa. Yes, yes, Rick. That's right. Um, That's right. He does two episodes as well. And then wow, this guy directed the wood. Oh yeah, this guy's yeah. No, he's yeah. Yeah, are you familiar with him? I listened on a podcast recently. Really? No, I. uh, So he directed Dope. Okay, great. Directed Dope. Our family wedding, the wood. Dude, this guy's a legend. Yeah, no, he's awesome. He's great. Um, And so I believe he's got two episodes this season. Filoni's got two episodes. Yes. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard has one, and Taika Waititi has one. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, oh, interesting. So, if, I wonder when Filoni comes back with his next one. But, yes. So, Filoni, who directed the first one, is going to certainly litter these with all kinds of Easter eggs. Favreau, too. I mean, Favreau's a, an, an admitted... Is Favreau uh, directing any of the episodes? Um, no, he's not. He's doing story. He wrote the script for, did you notice, for this one? Yes. So he got the single yeah. script uh, story credit or, or screenwriting credit. Um, speaking of things that Favos directed, have you seen this interview that Werner Herzog did recently doing press for The Mandalorian? No. <laughs> I love Wer- Werner Herzog so much. But um, the, the interviewer is like, you know, given all of the movies that Favreau has directed and is kind of like um, – 
this reputation is like was it were you nervous at all coming into work with him you know about the expectations and Werner says I'm unfamiliar with any of the pre the previous projects he's worked on they're like you don't know what other movies Favreau's made he goes no I, I do not I, I couldn't name you one movie I'm unfamiliar. <laughs> just, it's amazing. Like, and, and it's like 100% authentic. Just like, I love the fact that they think, well, first off, that Werner Herzog, among, in the conversation for one of the great documentarians in history, uh, a filmmaking legend, that they're like, are you nervous about the expectations, you know, given his, you know, pedigree of working with Favreau? And he's like, yeah, I just don't know what else he's done. I literally have no idea. Why the movies made. I just love Wait, that. Wait, you so mean much. that you mean to tell me that Werner Herzog hasn't seen Chef? <laughs> he hasn't watched the Netflix series, the cooking show, um, and then of course, and, and then they start asking him about Star Wars and like connecting to. And he had to stop them like real quick early in the question to be like, oh, just just to be clear, I, I have not seen the Star Wars movies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's fun. It's just I love That's it. Perfect. And they were like, well, how could you be confident that you know you were going to be able to like uh, pull off an imperial officer? And he was just like, I was comfortable with what my character needed to do. Like, <laughs> I knew what they wanted out of me, and I, I I was confident I could deliver that. Like, I I know how to be a bad guy. Uh, perfect. It is perfect. So. Uh, anyway, so yeah, episode three. Hopefully, Gina Carano comes in. Uh, hopefully, Baby Yoda uh, can save the day a few more times, uh, but not become the eleven of you know the series. Um, <laughs> I think they're gonna avoid that. We so. have, yeah, we don't want him to be Johnny on the spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, the predictions. I love your prediction of him being intercepted. I think he's gonna run into a lot of trouble. But my prediction is certainly he's not gonna return it. I think Grief Karga, uh, Carl Weathers' a character, the one who runs the guild. I think he's gonna be upset about some of the decisions mm-hmm. the Mandalorian has made um, about how he treated a fellow member of the guild, a droid, um, in addition to not delivering on that, you know, because Grief Karga kind of put himself out there recommending the Mandalorian. So I, I think we'll see Carl Weathers again be like, come on, man, just deliver the asset, oh, yeah. you know. Um, so there's going to be some well, I think I think Carl Weathers goes dark, or I think he um, goes against Mandalorian. I think he actually teams up with Absolutely. Um, Herzog, so... Car- Speaking of directing this episode, Carl Weathers got a gig. He's gonna be he's directing episodes in season two. He may have already actually done it. Oh, cool! They've been filming now for some time. Yeah. So yeah, good for Carl. Very Weathers. nice. So he's awesome. Yeah, Chubbs. He's great. Well, are we gonna do this, Aaron, for each episode? I, I mean, they've proven to be I think this good. We're, I mean, we are a movie podcast that's dedicating episodes to television, quote unquote. This television. is this skirts the line. I mean, this is. It feels like a movie. It's a hundred million dollar production, according to Jeff Moran. Yeah, exactly. It might as well be a movie. Okay. A movie in eight parts. Well, are we doing a weekly Mando pod? I think we have to. We're obligated. Do, it's it's too good not to. Do we end each episode with saying "I have spoken," or is that? <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, go for there's it. No way. But if we if we were to do it, we have to do it in our best Nick Nolte impression. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to the next episode. I may or may not wait up till midnight Pacific time to, to, to catch it because I'm anxious. I'm anxious for the next one. I'm super excited. I think uh, this show just might exceed what were already my high expectations. So, anyway. Absolutely agree. Thanks for joining me on a Friday night to talk Mando. We'll be back next week uh, with more Mando. Thanks, Aaron. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 